Daniel, and welcome back for episode 3 of the Last Minute Corner podcast. A podcast for football fans, by football fans. Today joining me again is Jack and Adam to talk about the world of football this week, and then we'll attempt to agree on the winner of Europa League. Who will go all the way? If this sounds like something you'd be interested in, make sure to subscribe for similar content. So, how are you both doing today? Well, Daniel, international break. Can you be doing that well? <laughs> Yeah, it's not been that exciting, has it? No, I mean, we'll get into it in the news. I think we all agree that the international break can have its moments, but I don't think this one has. I think listeners won't know this, but we all are massive fans of internationals. It's good when Scotland do well, obviously, but bar that, it's, even then it's more just the pride of the nation rather than actually enjoying the games. Absolutely. Yeah, no, doing okay. Well, I guess we just started recording, so. Oh, yes, it's actually quite a nice one. Yeah, well, I guess we could just get straight into Scotland then, Daniel. So, what did anything catch your eye with Scotland? Or, um, I mean, we just came off the back of an expected win. I think we can't read too much into beating Free Reliance. No disrespect to them. It's. If it was less than a 2-0 win, um, it would have been I would have been, I would have been disappointed if we didn't get a decent win against them. Um, I mean, they looked better yesterday, mainly in the second half. Um, the two previous games, I mean, Austria and Israel, unconvincing is probably the best word. Um, it does worry you a little bit going into the Euros. So well, I've got Austria's a big game, I think. Austria's kind of fair enough. I, I think taking the draw in the first game, I think we all probably would have, but mm-hmm. we've shown we can beat Israel, so now struggling. When we struggled, it wasn't just dropping points to Israel, we struggled. We did not look comfortable. I'd say we probably deserved him throughout the most of it. So, yeah. yeah, going into the Euros, that kind of good feeling that we've been riding on for the last few months after the penalty save will always be in our memory. Um, not looking good. How did you think, Adam? Did you enjoy watching Scotland play? Well, it's real that you get to enjoy it, isn't it? Um, I think what concerned me was I don't think Clark knows his best 11 yet. And we're only a couple of friendlies away from the Euro start now. Um, but just like what you say, it is hard to be positive, isn't it? There is some positives. I think um, across the three games, uh, Kieran Tierney has been really good. Um, che Adams has definitely been offering something different from from your likes of you know Lyndon Dyke. Sure. Absolutely, it's, it's clear he's clearly better. Whether yeah. he is joining us just to play in the Euros, I don't really care. We've got a better striker in our ranks now. So, um, yeah, he's definitely been one of the highlights. Um, I mean, you look at it. Although I would have preferred some better results, it's it's an unbeaten start to the qualifiers. Three games, you know, five points, second in the group. It's not terrible, but it's always the case with Scotland, isn't it? They should probably be more comfortable already, um, but they're not. So, yeah, what can you do? Least we... Any of the other internationals, I feel like we can. For, if the problem is Scotland, we can probably drone on about all day with our issues. Very is true. there anything else that caught your eye 
and I know there's a few. I think the biggest one, because we're quite we recorded this podcast late this week, was the result last night, which I don't think many of us saw coming. Germany losing to North Macedonia, and I have to say it's quite refreshing to see a lot of the celebrations and that that were going on last night. As much as I have bad memories of North Macedonia when they beat us a few years ago, and um, yeah, it's good for them that they got the win and didn't play that badly either. I know that Werner had that terrible mess and you will probably love to bring that up. You know? I was just waiting. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Cause... I, I can't see, The team wasn't even weak. They had Gundogan and all these players. I get it was maybe rotated as the key word, but you'd still expect them to go and win comfortably. With the team. I mean, when I saw them go ahead before half-time, I sent it to you guys. And my thought was, well, they're going to come out in the second half how you expect Germany to be, you know, go and get a few goals and really show that they're they're better than North Macedonia because they are. <laughs> they should have won the game. Um, but yeah, fair enough. North Macedonia taking their chances. Uh, as you say, Germany didn't. So yeah, because yeah, a lot's made out against England, particularly because they do well in group stages. But at least they. They were not convinced at all against Poland last night, but they still got it. I think that's maybe what a lot of England fans and even all England listening will point to that they do get these results when the teams can. Um, but yeah, Germany is a team that clearly is in transition, and I'd be surprised if they're making much of a dent. Well, at least a new manager comes in now. I think that's clear to see. Kind of needs new emphasis. Yeah, I mean, other than that. I mean, your your World Cup qualifiers haven't been too interesting, <laughs> to be honest. Um, no. Mainly expected results. Yeah. Uh, more interesting uh, would be the under twenty one Euros, and specifically uh, how England have been playing in them. I think, I mean, I think we all expected better from them, especially when we saw that squad. Um, I mean, we were discussing youth players just a couple of weeks ago, and the amount of potential we've got in that team. You would have expected them to easily get through that group, but uh... I wrote a piece on them on the blog a few days ago. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. Again, they breeze through their qualifying, but when you actually look at the quality of a lot of under twenty one teams in Europe, it's expected they should be doing that sort of thing anyway. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm not surprised they bombed in the group. They bombed the last time when they had. Foden and Mount, who are arguably better than the players they've got just now in their under-21 system, so mm-hmm. much as they have a good team there. I mean, if you have Phil Foden in your under-21s and you're not, we saw that he's turned up for City. I know he's older, but you get the point. It's ridiculous. that. Um, and then it's the manner of their games as well. They didn't, was it, I can't remember if it was, the, if it was between the two games, or whatever, but it was the lack of shots on target. They're not even getting close. It wasn't even like it just. Uh, I think it was what, one shot on target. Like, yeah, and then they had one man. They They had Etsy and even Conor Gallagher, a better, much better box to box type of player. They just it was like defend first, attack second, and playing playing players out of possession. I mean, I could rant about England under twenty ones all day, but I mean. I hate calling for managers' heads, but Woodroy has a few mates yeah. this guys. I mean, it's not the first time this has happened. So, I mean, I sent you that quote that I saw yesterday where he called it the utterly impossible job. Like, 
but this squad of players is is talented. You're the one who didn't start Curtis Jones until the third game. Yeah. I mean, I think the argument that he keeps using is that he was told that it was about developing the players rather than winning games, which I can see to an extent, and maybe that is what the under-21s are set up for, but your players can't develop if they don't reach the latter stages of competition because they're not actually playing any games. So, I mean, you can maybe see a bit of the light in my knuckle voice that it's England crashed out. I'm sorry if I offend anybody, but... Um, I wasn't yeah. sad to see it. If <laughs> that's what you're meaning, Daniel. They've got England as the favourites for it as well. Like the media hype of England, either side, is unbelievable. I'm not going to join the national people except for under 21s, but it was the same for the under 21s. They were joint favourites of this tournament, along with France, and they've already crashed out. Yeah. That's all I've got to say on that. I'll let one of you speak. It's just uh, it's Andy Buffley still being that job somehow. Um, you look at some of the young English managers that are out of jobs, and surely there's a better option. Yeah, I mean the one that's been brought up recently is Frank Lampard, obviously after leaving Chelsea. Um, I think it makes sense if it, if he showed anything at Chelsea, it's he can bring in a a young player and very quickly identify how they fit into a team, which is something you have to do in that role, because these players... my bias, but he's worked with youngsters. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea, the fact you had to do that, but even at Derby, he took on, he brought down the averages of the team dramatically when he yeah. took over. He clearly likes working with younger players, and also I think it was on the player's respect in the sense where he worked through the English system himself and I always think when they hire ex-players to do these coaching things, it usually worked quite well. And also, you could feel Lampard can implement, you could see he was new tactics and all the rest of it. He was trying to play the yeah. way that they're trying. Whereas um, Hoofroyd, known as Hoofroyd, I mean, shows it all, doesn't it? So. Yeah. I mean, with the under-21 system, when these players become you know, good enough, they just straight away go to the the national team. That's why you don't have a bounty in the squad or Foden, you know, these players are too good for under twenty ones now. So you have to be able to very quickly say, Okay, we were focusing a team around Mount or Foden. They're too good for us now. Who else is coming through? And I think that's something Frank would be really good at. So I I do think he'd be a good man for the job. I'd I'd like to see it. Um to see how he does. I think it'd be quite an interesting development in his career. So, is there any other big news that's caught you this week? Because I feel like we should probably stop bashing England so much. Yeah, I mean, news this week, limited. <laughs> but, I mean, the big headline, obviously, Aguero leaving City in the summer. Um, I hate to say it, but the guy is a Premier League legend. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, I think it'll be something I'd love to talk about in a later podcast, is actually where he ranks in terms of Premier League strikers. Mm. But, yeah. I mean, I did a smaller article on him yesterday. It'll be on the blog if you want to go and view it, um, listeners. But it's his stats are incredible. I don't think, until I actually looked into it, I did not realise how good his numbers actually were. I think we all just took it for granted he was a good striker. But I think, I know I was guilty of it. I didn't think I'm almost the same breath as that you have reason like that. But being incredible. And I mean, if one person, I, 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 Maybe as much as company who's changed city culture, it can't be seen 
incredible under a range of managers. Even with Guardiola, he's adapted to a system, presses more from the front, which throughout a few years ago would have really struggled. I mean, they've already commissioned the statue. So, at least two big questions. Who is the one that steps up and takes that position at City? Because it's huge shoes to fill. You know, he's their best ever striker. Um, and where does he go? Because, you know, you reckon he's still got a couple of years left in him. You know, a bit injury prone, but still when he plays, he scores. That's the advantage of having him in your team. So I imagine that a lot of big teams are looking at him thinking, you know, free transfer. His wages will be high, but that doesn't bother any of the, the larger teams in Europe. So a lot of people will be after him. I think you'd be surprised if most teams didn't try to take a punt on him, in all honesty. I saw that. I mean, it's hard to believe papers nowadays. I mean, ever with transfer rumours, but papers are to believe most of the top clubs in Europe, or even Chelsea included, are apparently looking at him. So, but I don't know if that's glories of journalism, but I can't say I'd be surprised. I think, and it might lead on to the Haaland chat here as well, is that Barcelona really need a striker. For obvious reasons, yeah. so I mean they've been rumoured be to be looking at him. See Aguero ending up at the Camp Nou at the end of the season, um, going playing back in Spain. Um, going from your manager being Pep Guardiola to Robert Koeman, I don't know about that. <laughs> Very attractive <laughs> move there. Yeah, well, I think the I'll let you go. the strange thing with the Barca move would be. Signing a player at Aguero's age with his injury worries while you're trying to rebuild wouldn't necessarily be the smartest move. Um, whereas also Haaland, who has been linked to this morning, does make a lot more sense in terms of a rebuild. Well, yeah, that is what we're hearing now of Barcelona this morning, is that Haaland's agent, who will not be named, and his dad were in discussions with the club about this uh, this potential rebuild. Now, it is being stressed that it is not an agreement. Nothing has been finally discussed. Haaland is pretty much going to get shopped around every big team in Europe over the next few weeks. So I'd imagine you'll see pictures of them doing a bit of a European tour. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't picture Haaland at Barcelona, really. Um, I know they obviously they want to rebuild. I think the first thing they need to do is find a new manager. I mean, you can build a great team, but if that manager's not good enough, I just don't see where it's going over the next it's few also years. With Barcelona money issues they've got, I just don't know if they can afford it with the fee and contract apparently that Haaland wants. I know we're talking about Aguero, and he will probably want a lot of money, but free transfer. But add that, yeah, exactly. Without having a fee, and I mean with a notorious agent that Haaland's got as well, like agent fees and that are going to be even longer. So, yeah, I mean the number I saw going around yesterday. Unless Messi go, which could well be, or he leaves at the end of the season, which possibly is locked behind all of that. Um, it's the only way I can see them actually being able to afford a move as audacious as this in the first place. Um, yeah, I mean the numbers being thrown around is that it's like a as a full package, including the wages, you're looking at three hundred million to get Haaland. Um, City are favourites still at the moment, so 
I mean, if you're looking for someone to come and replace Aguero, Haaland is a different kind of player. You know, it's much bigger presence in the box, but you know he has very similar goal scoring stats, and that when he plays, he usually scores. So it's an attractive, uh, attractive move for them to go and join Pep, especially if they do well in the Champions League this season. So well, I worry about it. Going to win a European competition is clearly the one thing that City want to do. I mean, can't predict early, but that's what he'll be drafted in to. They have achieved Premier League dominance. They have achieved being the best team at Manchester. Ajax. So, um, yeah, that's really the only step they need to make. Because now they've just made Manchester United the noisy neighbours. Well. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong the last few seasons, although you're just trying to get a reaction out of me. Um, yeah, I mean, Howland's an interesting one because, specifically his agent, you know, he doesn't get along with Pep, he doesn't get along with United, and those two two of the main teams that are rumoured to be wanting Howland desperately. Problem is, so, only a, when you say Howland, there is only like a few teams that take him because it's only yeah. people that can I think that's straight. As much as we're saying that he's rumoured, it all either has to be Bayern Munich. I mean, Venice potentially could let go of Ronaldo, and then you're talking the two big teams in Spain, and then Chelsea, yeah. Man U, Man City. I think you're probably looking at. I mean, Liverpool could afford them, but I just don't see them going no. for them. Especially if they miss Champions League, no way. Yeah, that's um, probably about it. That's all I could see. Yeah, um, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, we've been yeah, hearing. Yeah, he's not going to PSG. I mean, off the back of the Barca news this morning that they have met with him or met with his representatives, um, the rumor is that Bayern aren't interested this summer, that they're they're not going to get involved in the bidding war, which I think makes sense. Um, I can see him eventually ending up at Bayern, but maybe not at the moment because wh- where does he fit into that team? Lewandowski's still going to be their main striker. You can't really have Haaland. Like you play two up front, but very rare nowadays in football. So I think it makes sense that they're not looking at him as a priority this season. But that, like as you say, it leaves about five, six clubs that have the facilities to actually get him. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. Praying that he ends up in Manchester, not at City. One of those clubs are still in Europa League, so that probably leads on to Very true. what we're going to talk about. Um, so, this week I asked the gentlemen to make their predictions for the coming Europa League. Since the quarterfinal and semi-final has been drawn, we can actually figure out who's going to get through um, uh, without speculation of the draws. So, before we start, I'd want the listeners to have a wee think, see if they can match up. I think there's a clear favourite and the bookies are showing that as well. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see whether you think we'll be the same teams that get through all the stages. And it'll also be interesting to see if we all match up. So we'll start with Man U, I think, because that's who we're talking about in a way. So they've got Granada. How do you see this one going? I can only see it going one way. What about yourself? You know my opinion. I think we'll win. I think they will win. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, a walk in the park. Uh, you look at what Granada did earlier in the knockouts. They were playing Napoli in the first round of the knockouts, and they played well. Um, you know, I don't think it will be straightforward, but I think United will be too strong. I think they will get through. 
they realistically are a Champions League team in the Europa League. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Compared to all the rest of these teams, the only one that you'd maybe say is Arsenal now and again, Roma now and again, and Ajax now and again. I mean, realistically, the rest you would assume yeah. a Europa League team. So I think as much as Granada are a good team, you'd expect in any given day that Man yeah, and improve, off the back of there, so. off the back of the FA Cup defeat, where he he did rotate the squad and it, it wasn't his strongest starting eleven, I don't think he'll make that mistake again going into Europa. He's, he has to win this tournament realistically. Got past Milan, who no disrespect to Granada, I would say are a better team. So for sure, for sure. Um, used to go through again. I think we can mop this one up quite quickly with Adam and Greens. I'd be quite. Surprised. He's going for Granada. I was desperate to find a way to convince myself that Granada could win this game. Um, but not even just the, the the Milan result, the Sociedad result as well. Um, plus how Spanish teams have generally performed in Europe this year. It's hard to find any way that United don't win this game, as much as that hurts me. Well, that's one through. No argument there. So I think they play, if, I rem- if I've done my research right, they play Ajax or Roma if they go. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I think, a lot more and more of an interesting tie. And I think we could potentially be split on this. Um, I'm going to ask your boys' opinions first before I make mine for this one. So see what side I'm going to jump off the fence to. What's your argument? Oh, well. <laughs> I'll, I'll let Adam go first because I think this is the probably the most attractive tie from a, a neutral perspective. This, yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, tied around, um, and it'll be a very tough game for both teams. Um, the one thing that I think Ajax will be in better form going into it because they dominate in Holland, um, but the game might end up meaning more to Roma. Um, they, are, I think, they're sitting fifth for now. And they've had a bit of a tricky one for them in Italy, so I think in terms of trying to qualify for the Champions League, the game will mean a bit more to them. Um, so I'm still I'm much weak now, and I'm kind of stuck in the fence, but I'll go Roma. Roma, interesting. Uh, well, I've got Ajax. Um, I just think looking at it, and Roma this season, the main thing you can really call them is inconsistent. When you think they're starting to pick up some form, you know, they'll get a result which isn't really like them. Uh, and it's been like that in recent years, obviously. Now, Ajax, you know, they always get a bit of a free run at their own league, but you know, they're always a good Europa League side. I mean, very recent years, obviously got to the final the last time United were there. Um, and yeah, be, I just think they'll be too strong for the over two legs. You look at them against Lille in the first round of the knockouts, uh, two one wins home and away, and then against Young Boys, who you would expect them to beat. In fairness, um, you know, five nil in aggregate, they were pretty confident. So yeah, I'm going Ajax, and uh, Daniel, you get the deciding vote, and you're sitting on the fence. So what are you going to go for? I'm going to set. I think I'll jump off on the Roma side here. The reason being just when you look at what they've got and also looking at the form intensive and I was looking through the stats and the rest of it, Roma 
did beat a good Shakhtar Donetsk team home and away, and we all know how hard it is to go to Ukraine and get a result. Even the big teams in the Champions League throughout the year struggle to go to um, these sort of countries and get wins. They've done it home and away. We also have Roger Mayol, who's um, butchering there as and surname, but there we go. Um, he has a joint top scorer in the competition, so I mean, you can never rule out a goal scorer, especially if he's to grab one away from home. We know how much away goals can count in this competition and how much of an effect it can have. And I also think they have a lot more European names. They have players like Pedro and Mkhitaryan. Um, as much as they might be a bit older now, they still know what it's like to play at these stages of the competition, with Dzeko and backup and that as well. And also, I quite like their system they're doing this year with ends, and I don't think they will Ajax have had to come up against too much in terms of attacking threat this year. And I just think I might outscore Ajax rather than necessarily being better than them. And maybe it being an away goal win or whatever, I would probably side with Roma. I think it will be close. Uh, if Roma turn up, yeah. then yeah, I'm happy to, to go either way on it, to be honest. Yeah, I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Ajax made it on the same yeah. point, but I just think them losing players like Van de Beek and Zayat again in the summer, there's been a hard couple of seasons for them with player losses. Um, not that they're still not a strong team, but I mean, that's not the team it was a year or even two years, or definitely two years ago. So we're looking player. at Roma then. Yeah, so we've got our first semi-finals, Man U v Roma, so we probably should move on to the second one, where we talk about the other English team in the competition. Mr. Kerr, how do you see um, Well, I think football will be on Arsenal's side, like football fans, um, after recent events. But I still think we should be beating them. Uh, we have played relatively well through the Europa League at this spells in the Benfica game and spells in the Olympiacos game. I still don't think this Prague side's as good as Benfica. Um ultimately Arsenal it's always the same thing. I think we've got two coin sheets through ten games in Europe League this year, which is not good enough. And if we're poor at the back, which generally comes down to individual efforts more than anything else, we put ourselves in tricky positions. But I still think that over two legs we should be winning this tie. Yeah, I fully agree. Um, and yeah, I do think football is on Arsenal's side here for the vast majority of football fans. Um, but even ignoring that fact, I just think Arsenal should be winning this game. You know, yeah. Their squad is not the best, but they've got enough bright young players there I think, looking on some recent performances, I reckon they will be able to, to manage this tie over two legs and get through. Yeah, I'd agree. I think Arsenal should have the quality and also means it's, it's important we do give the credit. They are a well-organised side, and as much as I really don't want to win, uh, they have performed. They do know how to grind out a result. Um, and they do have a couple of good talents. I mean, we've looked at Seema and that before. Um, but he's at Arsenal should, and also with how poor, let's just say, the league performance has been this year. If they want 
wanted to keep the development going that Arteta clearly that keeps talking about think getting to a final or even winning this competition will be seen as that progression going further. The fact they won the FA Cup this year, if you could bring a Europa League home this year, I think me included would probably go up their back a wee bit. That's Champions League football and another trophy in the cabinet. Yeah, but trophy where it's more important than second place finishes. I mean, Daniel, you just have to remember that trophies are just an ego boost that paints over the cracks at a club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But and to be fair, against well, I, I think Leicester underperformed against Slavia. I think also um, Rangers. We all know what happened in that game, so it's quite hard to talk about that as a result. Um, I think if Arsenal turn up, they will be much as I think they're a good. They're a good knockout team. I just see them not having enough over the two legs, and especially if Arsenal turn up on the first leg and put a bit of daylight between them, which is what I expect them to come in. That that was the the other kind of thing I'm laughing because it was great for Prague to have beat Leicester for them, but Leicester didn't perform over the two legs. And then even the Rangers games, I don't think Rangers were as good as we've seen them in Europe this year in either of those legs. Um, you can certainly get at this Prague team. Um, and uh, performances for Rangers or the Leicester with a burn in the week. If that Leicester at the week had that played with um, Man United Cup turned up, could have been talking easily. I don't know. Yeah. It's not, yeah. It's, but we do have to give them credit. They've got to this stage of the competition, but all of football will probably be against them. And, um, quite rightly so. So that leaves one more. <laughs> So I think this is maybe it might be seen as an underrated tie, but I think it'll actually might not sound as glamorous as actually Roma, but I think it's two teams that will both fancy their chances, and I think it should lead to an entertaining game. It is Villarreal versus Dinos Zagreb. I mean, Spurs fans will be crying when they see this because I think the idea that they could have got um, Arsenal in the semi-finals. Should they have got through this, Absolutely. I think it would have been quite mouth-watering for not just Spurs fans, but you know, football fans in general, seeing how the tie looked out. Um, but it is back down with Zagreb, who deservedly reach here. So how do we see this one? Well, I've gone for Villarreal. I don't think it's going to be um, you know, a massive win for them. But looking at how... Dynamo Zagreb have got to this point. You know, they played well against Spurs, and I mean, some moments of individual quality really got them through. But I don't think Villarreal would drop off the way Spurs did in that second leg. So it'll be an interesting one. I, I think I want to go Villarreal just because I want to see Unai Emery versus Arsenal in the semi final. Yeah, um, back to Emirates. How would you like that, Adam? I'd be completely fine with that. And he's a Europa League specialist, so... Yeah. How do you see this one going, Adam? I think that... I think Zagreb will make it really tough for them. Um, I think it will be a higher competitive tie. But I just think over two legs, I'll just have a wee bit too much. Um, the form recently is pretty good. It was... I think the two defeats were Valencia and Atletico, so teams that probably should still beat them. Um, and then in Europe, they're just pretty convincing tie to tie. 
You just well, seem to find a way. It could be Kiev, I think 4 0 on aggregate, 4 1 against Salzburg. Um, so I just think if they turn up, they should have too much for Zagreb. Yeah, their previous results in this competition, I mean, knockouts, one goal conceded. Salzburg and Dynamo Kiev are not, you know, easy ties necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've looked pretty confident throughout. So, yeah, I mean, as I say, it's, it's Emery's competition. It's hard to not back them. No, I think to give Dynamo Zagreb credit, they won't be easy. And also, they do show that they'll never have the tie out of reach in the sense where Spurs, we all thought, were flying through and then they somehow got through. So it will show that the game will never be over and if Villarreal are to go through, they'll have to fight tooth and nail to get through. But, and it's what you said, I think the biggest in Dino Zagreb, no disrespect to them, but I'd say they have a couple of players of high quality that drag them through. For example, Orsic is having a good season. He's nearly had 20 goals this year, which... From a winner is incredible. He's skipped. I mean, he's linked to Arsenal and West Ham already, and also they have um, Mayer, who's got six goal contributions in ten games in the Europa League, kind of feeding the two of them. So I think if Villarreal look at the team, kind of keep them quiet, I can't see them getting through. But also, what you mentioned, Jack, I know it was kind of a funny, funny throwaway comment, but. Emery does know this Europa League and out, even though that we'll remember how Chelsea embarrassed or absolutely <laughs> humiliated Arsenal in the final. He still did reach the final with Arsenal again, and he's won it multiple times himself. So I do think he'll do it. And he likes this competition. I think they'll have enough over two legs. Um, yeah, so I would say Villarreal as well. But also, what if star men of Zagreb turn up. I can't say I'd be surprised if I saw Zagreb going through. Villarreal haven't convinced me massively, but just having Emery in charge, and usually that would be seen as an insult, but I'm just saying as a compliment in Europa League, I think they'll get through. Of course, semi-finals then. Manchester United of Roma and Arsenal versus Villarreal. So two derbies. Chris Smalling Derby and the Unai Emery Derby. <laughs> what one would you, since you're both higher fans of each, who wants to go first and say whether they back their team or not? Well, I back my team. I mean, you look at the AC Milan game over two legs. I don't think Roma's as big a challenge as AC Milan. So. I worry that Mkhitaryan will come and I do have a bit of a worry. Um, <laughs> but I also had a worry when his Latin game on the pitch. <laughs> and, you know. Dean Henderson happened to make the save that time. Um, I think United will be too strong. Now, as you say, they are the strongest team in this competition. So it's difficult not to back them, especially being a fan as well. Um, I think if the players stay stay fit and if we can get a bit of form going, uh, we should get to the final. Yeah, I think it's just what we talked about. I think Solskjaer needs to bring a trophy back this year and this is the best opportunity spot to do it and against the Roma side who you'd expect United to be in any day you just would no disrespect to Roma but they would, you would always expect a Manchester United um, have to back United as much as I want you to look for a way that Chris Mullins for a 90 minute header 
assisted by Mkhitaryan, I just don't think it'll happen. But I also, if the sort of United performance that came to Leicester or Solskjaer tries to get funny and starts rotating teams and whatever, Roman yeah, hope he does. good enough to, or even if it is Ajax, either team are more than good enough to beat United. Yeah. I don't think it'll be, I think it'll be close. If United get through, we'll make it difficult for ourselves. So it'll be, you know, a one goal margin or an away goal, something like that. Um, this team doesn't know how to to kill a game off. So it's it's not going to be a runaway success. But I, I think Roma or Ajax, as you say, I think we're, we're strong enough to beat them over two legs. Yeah, in agreement, Adam. I am. I do, I do think, think that... that... There's a butt here. It's certainly United's title with um, the only thing if I was a Man United fan would concern me is all we haven't lost four semi finals in his time there. Um, and his record in big games hasn't always been great. Um, but I, I totally agree with Jack. Whether it's Roma or Ajax, you should be strong enough to beat either of the two legs. It's going to be if United make it difficult for themselves because they really just need to to perform in in this tournament. They're pretty confident of getting top four. You're not going to win the league. You need to win a trophy. I don't care if Ollie calls it an ego boost. Competition. (laughs) So it's as Adam says, it will be almost embarrassing if they don't get through to the final. Yeah. I think, I think to be fair to Jack, there's a, I think United fans are in the same boat, especially when they look at the teams that are there. It is United's to lose. I think another season in Europa League, you could have had, I don't know, like a Chelsea Sevilla. a few years ago, or even a Sevilla, exactly. But even then, um, but Solskjaer's choked before, and he will choke much again. Like Guard, much like the Guardiola problem at City in the Champions League, if City, if you know, I mean, if United crumble. I can't say I'd be even surprised at all. No, I mean to either of those teams. I I think it's it's a tough one. I just don't see how you can't be making the final here. I mean, if I was my United manager, I would get this team to the final. You know, Even with the just... I mean, we talked about it. If it is the guy, Van de Beek was maybe Barzayek, their best player for Ajax. Yeah. And you just have them sitting on your bench. Which yeah, and I think it's fine to rotate the squad, get players like Van der Beek playing. Um, but, you know, Leicester in the quarterfinals, there's a way to bring these players to the team. And it's not to play your other, you know, second tier players in with them. You have to, to play them alongside quality players. So I think he will get some game time in the Europa League as it goes on. But, uh, yeah, I think. You need to be going with your strongest 11 at the end of the day. If Ollie does that, then we should be into the final. So we're back at United on the first one, and apparently if it's anything less, it'll be an embarrassment. So I'm interested to listen back. Oh, I agree. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. As a United fan, I think I would give up. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's good that me and Adam are not. So we'll move past. Well, I'm back in my team. I need to know if, if Adam's back in his team. Exactly. <laughs> 100%. It'll be... If it goes that way, it'll play very well. It'll be a very tough tie. Um, and as I've already said, you can't discredit Unai's record in the competition. 
Um, and they were decent. They were a decent team. They were in decent form. But I just think it's kind of like the the Prague game to a certain extent. I think Villarreal's better than Prague, but it's a team that if Arsenal turned up, they should be beaten. Um, we should have enough quality to beat Villarreal. Um, but because I've supported Arsenal for long enough, I would accept any argument that involves Arsenal not winning. Because you get used to these things over the years. What about you, Jack? Are you going to break Adam this far or are you going to go in a dream run? Just to annoy Adam and to give Daniel the deciding vote. I'm going for Villarreal. Sure. I partly just want. I, I, well, a big part of it is going to be, you know, Emery knows this competition. He's a great cup manager, and he's proven that year in year out. Um, also, just as a United fan, I'd probably rather play Villarreal in the final than Arsenal because we've not had a good run against Arsenal recently. Find where that is on the podcast. <laughs> If it reaches that stage, I'll be interested. But I also just want to not make it easy for Daniel, so <laughs> you say it. That's quite simple because I was I have a controversial pick for who's winning this competition. So for me, I'm gonna break Adam's heart here, but I think Villarreal will win the whole thing. So there I've said that. So well they're gonna have to get past Arsenal with that. I mean I I had in my my pre podcast notes Emery to come back and haunt Arsenal. Uh, we have I differing opinions see, on the I final. See the Sky Sports headline just sitting there. It's not even. I just think a lot of European teams just have a bit more nuance in the competition. I think if you look at the problem is it's hard. If you look at squads on paper, I agree with Adam totally. If and I think that could be the precursor for us. If Arsenal show up how we think they should with the players they have, they should beat Villarreal hands down. No disrespect to Villarreal. True. But I just. I think Villarreal will have more, I don't know the word, maybe gamesmanship, and will see the tie through. I think Emery has a bit more on it. I don't necessarily think I'll be a dig at Arteta here. I just think Emery knows his competition inside out, and I'll have to back on this. Even, like I said, they did reach a final that season with that Arsenal team that did not through. We all remember that. I know they got trimmed in the final, but... Yeah, I mean, because Chelsea are great, so that's a bit different. I think that means that we've got a, a little bit of a, a split on who's in the final then, because me and Daniel think United Real Real. I'd be interested to think if Adam is back in Arsenal to win the semi final, who's winning that final? It depends if Adam thinks Arsenal will win the whole competition, because then that yeah. creates the divergence here. I've already said I think Villarreal will do the dirty on United in the final. I think it'd be tough for Adam to turn around and say, I'm back in Arsenal to get to the final and then United to win it. <laughs> I'm not speaking to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... well, if we said Villarreal would go for it, the yellow submarine make it for Adam would be quiet for the rest yeah. of the podcast. So... so, I mean, yeah, we have... On decision there, Adam. I do apologise. So, what I'll tell you is this. Obviously, I had a Manu Arsenal final, but I was on the fence with it anyway. So, I will happily go with your Villarreal Manu final. He's picking Villarreal to win it. Yeah, I'm going to pick Villarreal to win it, 100%. Obviously. I mean, I've gone United, obviously. I can't not back them. Um, 
it's not even that I think they're going to be strong enough. I think they're going to be desperate enough to win it. <laughs> they need this trophy. Um, yeah, well, that's maybe the main problem that I have. I would get back in Arsenal and Man U. Is, well, I have two problems, I've said. One's team sheets. At the end of the day, the players they have are clearly better, but we've seen English teams throughout the years, and especially especially in the Europa League, how many teams have followed. Especially these two teams. Especially with, like, Emery's Sevilla. I mean, they were a good side, but when you actually look at some of the teams they've got past in terms of squad depth, that's why I think... And then second of all, just but then the other problem I have against back in, against Man U and Arsenal is I think both of them need need to get to this trophy. Probably more Shire than Arteta. Yeah. I'm not surprised that you're not back in United because you've said to me on multiple occasions that you don't think Ollie's ever going to win a trophy at United. I just don't. I should have saw this one coming. That's the thing. I, I just I don't trust Arsenal yet. But to be fair, they proved me wrong last year. Last year, I think they did really well, and maybe. Uh, Arteta can galvanise the team like he did in the FA Cup last year. I think if I, and that maybe shows how anti-United I am, I think it was an Arsenal-United final, I would back Arsenal, which probably would delight Adam to hear at least. It's well, not actually a dig Well, that's not what we're talking about, because as a, as, a, as a team here, we have decided Villarreal are going to win it, I guess. <laughs> I can't say I'm pleased about it. But, you know, we go with the consensus. Adam had to agree to Arsenal going out in the semis, so I'll agree to United not winning the final then. I to be fair, Jack. I would Arsenal final, to be honest, but I just don't see it happening. My only, my only reason for Man you not winning it is to go win trophies in football. You need to have a little bit of a ego about you. And obviously Man you don't have that. Well, I wouldn't want us to just to win trophies. I wouldn't want us to just paper over the cracks, okay? You know, I, we don't need an ego boost. You know, maybe Emery needs it more than Solskjaer does. But um... yeah, but Jack, do you just not get a second place trophy? Oh wait, no, you don't. <laughs> I think that we are trying to get it added. It seems that way. How a lot of United fans seem to talk on our social media. Their emphasis on finishing second place. But as we've talked about another podcast, I don't mind talking second place about like a Liverpool City second place where exactly like a genuine title race. Or like so, when City won on goal difference, it's like well United same. were up there, but when you're eleven points behind, you know <laughs> it's not really something to celebrate. Uh, and I said it before, I just think that United need to win a trophy this season. Uh, I think that is kind of. Always mission statement for the season, as much as he doesn't seem to think so. Actually, quite a controversial podcast then. That's us saying Villarreal. I don't expect my the pick to be driven for it. I think it was more I mean, United, but for a lot of people here, rather than. Before this, you did say, well, I don't know if it's a huge win to talk about for the Europa League, because we did the Champions League, obviously, and that was a good amount of debate that ended up with Chelsea getting to a final, so I don't know how that happened. Um, it is definitely against. I mean, as United's trailers, I just checked Bet365 there, they're just around evens on United to win it, which shows that no matter what team you come up against, and then Arsenal are second favourites, so uh, they would probably say they'd expect a United Arsenal final. In a way. Villarreal are third, and I think there's probably a reason why. In a way, I think that kind of, that expectation that United are favourites, and they're expected they should go and win it, I think often is their downfall as they go into some of these games, they could go into this Granada game in the quarterfinals and think, well, it's just Granada. 
we're Man United, we should win this. And they could easily lose it. Well, I've seen them do it before. I've seen them, them chatting about being a title race at January, and we're also happen within three weeks. We were top of the league at January, so but that's, that's technically we were a title race. Technically. Things crumbled, and maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I just, as Adam said, you can't go away from history sometimes, being the nerd that I am, and so shy are not covering trophies. I just think we'll be a common team. Well, yeah, I mean, it'll be a fun one to come back to. I think once the Champions League and Europa League are over, uh, we'll come back and look at our predictions and see how uh, how off the mark we were. We'll be slightly yeah. awkward if it turns out that it's Granada, Slavia, Prague, Zagreb. Uh, we will ruin the whole... That's Slavia, Prague and Porto win the Champions League and Europa League. Yeah. That would be a fun one. That is the problem with this, though. Yeah. We've all made our predictions. And now Lewandowski and Ramos are missing both the quarterfinals. <laughs> yeah, that did happen. What chance have you got? Chelsea to win looks stronger and stronger by the day. Yeah, I'm just really praying that City get put out by Bayern. So he can score for Chelsea. He doesn't want to score too much. You know, it, no, he doesn't want to wear out that foot of his. He's not been using it all season, though. So I think we've got it now, don't we? If you've got any other business you want to wrap up, or will we see what we think on the last minute corner podcast that Villarreal will win the Europa League? You like to try just, to get a reaction out of me. I'm just quickly, Dan. I know you're not a betting man, but would you put money on that? See, I'd have to get you to use one of your accounts allowed to back it. Because as you say, I am not. Uh, He's not a betting man. Not a betting man. Okay, so well. We have it from us boys today, but we want to know who you think will progress and who do you think will win. Come follow us at Last Minute Corner on Twitter and where you can let us know what you think. And you can find our blog, which is a range of analytical pieces from the Aguero article that we wrote yesterday, all the way to big articles that Adam wrote the other day on Scottish Football and League. Make sure you let us know what you think and leave a five-star review. It really helps the podcast. Thanks for listening and come and hand back out with us again next week where we can talk more football. Enjoy. <laughs>